Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm Melanie Zona, CNN Capitol Hill reporter, in for David Chalian. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, February 3rd. Being president of the United States and commander-in-chief is no doubt one of the toughest jobs in the world. The job description often entails dealing with many high-stakes issues at once, and it's especially true for President Joe Biden this week. From the head of the Situation Room table, President Biden watched as U.S. commandos landed in Syria to raid a three-story home surrounded by olive trees on Wednesday. The top leader of ISIS was living in his home with his family. When children emerged from the first floor of the building and ran to safety, Biden was relieved. Moments later, an explosion rocked the site. The leader of ISIS had killed himself and his family in a suicide explosion. These details come from senior administration officials today. They described the two-hour operation that successfully took out a critical terror leader while avoiding any American casualties. Here was Biden this morning explaining more about the terrorist leader. He took over as leader of ISIS in uh, 2019 after the United States counterterrorism operation killed al-Baghdadi. Since then, ISIS has directed terrorist operations targeting Americans, our allies and our partners, and countless civilians in the Middle East, Africa, and in South Asia. Haji Abdullah oversaw the spread of ISIS-affiliated terrorist groups around the world after savaging communities and murdering innocents. Thanks to the bravery of our troops, this horrible terrorist leader is no more. Biden said that they used American special forces to take out the ISIS leader instead of ordering an airstrike on the home in order to try to minimize civilian casualties. This was the highest profile counterterror operation of Biden's tenure, and the White House made sure to capitalize on the moment. The White House also quickly released a photograph of a jacketless president in the Situation Room, staring intently as the raid unfolded in addition to Biden's statement from the White House Roosevelt Room this morning. Last night's operation took a major terrorist leader off the battlefield, and it sent a strong message to terrorists around the world. We will come after you and find you. The incidents resembled raids ordered by Biden's two predecessors to take out terror leaders in their homes, each of which was monitored in real time on a secure feed. At the same time, Biden still has the Russia-Ukraine conflict on his hands. Now let's break down the latest with this, as there's a lot happening on that front. Yesterday, the Pentagon announced that 3,000 additional troops would be deployed to Eastern Europe, divided between Poland, Germany, and Romania, to help support NATO allies and deter a Russian invasion. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby explained that these moves are not permanent. But something to note here, this comes as the U.S. is now changing the way it speaks about the possibility of Russia invading. It's no longer using the word imminent to describe the possible invasion. This description made Kiev Ukrainian officials angry, including President Zelensky, who disagreed with the use of the word, saying it could cause panic and economic fallout. So although U.S. officials are changing the way they speak about this, the U.S. is now alleging that Russia is planning to produce a propaganda video that would give them reason to attack Ukraine. The U.S. believes Russia has already recruited actors to be involved in the fake attack. So Biden might have secured a win today in Syria, but the conflict with Russia continues to escalate, so he can't celebrate for too long. Pivoting to domestic affairs, President Biden was in New York City today with local, state, and federal authorities to discuss another threat to Americans, gun violence. Every day in this country, 316 people are shot, 106 are killed, and six NYPD officers have been victims of gun violence so far just this year. 
64 children injured by gun violence so far this year, 26 killed. It's enough. Enough is enough because we know we can do things about this. Unfortunately, there has been headline after headline on shootings across the country, some in schools, others injuring or killing civilians and or police officers. And New York City is one place where crime has been a major problem. The city's mayor, Eric Adams, a former NYPD captain himself, ran on the promise to reduce violent crime. Adams was at the meeting today and said on CNN this morning, NYC needs help from the federal government. And then we're saying to Washington, D.C., SOS, we need your help. We have to stop the flow of illegal guns in our city. 6,000 guns removed off the street last year, close to 400 since I've been in office. Yet they keep coming from gun dealers throughout this entire country. So President Biden is laying out how his administration will build on a comprehensive strategy to combat gun violence. Biden's Department of Justice identified gun crime as a major priority upon the start of the president's term in early 2021. And it seems like there's still a lot of work to be done. A senior admin official told CNN the DOJ is expected to announce new steps it is taking today to build on Biden's strategy. That includes the launches of a national ghost gun enforcement initiative, as well as a national drug-related violence reduction initiative. President Biden is also calling on Congress again to pass common-sense gun laws. It's too early to say for sure if gun violence in America over the last two years will play a major role in the midterm elections yet, but it's an issue both parties are talking about now. We can't talk about gun violence without talking about policing. The issues are inextricably linked, as any solution that criminalizes gun or gun accessory possession will rely on police to arrest and process alleged offenders. Police brutality and corruption is also a pervasive problem in departments and communities across the country. According to a CNN analysis of 20 police departments across the nation, they are struggling to recruit and keep officers, citing the pandemic, the tense policing climate, and local reform efforts as concerns. As the party in power, Democrats want to tackle gun violence, but there's some disagreements among Democrats on how to go about doing that. Some want to shed the defund the police label and support police officers more. But, you know, it's time to fund communities, community police, and the people who are going to protect them. While some progressives think police funding could be better used, Republicans are eager to exploit that and frame themselves to voters as the better choice as the law and order pro-cop party. All this to say... The solutions to these problems we've mentioned in this episode are going to be complicated, but that's why being president of the United States is a tough job. That's it for today's political briefing. I'm Melanie Zanona, and thanks so much for listening. Please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.